Welcome back to Chapter Chumps, a reading podcast where we like read a book and then we talk about it. And we're just like three guys and that's what we do for our lives, for a living. That's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. Um, Nothing else. Nothing. Um, To you podcast listeners, it's going to seem like... Uh, a seamless flow of constant content but just for a little (laughs) peek behind the curtain um, we have kind of had an interim period here where we had read the first two chapters of the two towers maybe like about a month ago about a month ago yeah and today we're going to be discussing chapters three and four of the two book hours. three of the second book of the unofficial Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Two Towers. I can't wait till we read a standalone book that has no sequels or anything. <laughs> it's just a book, so you don't have to do that shit. I know. It'll, it'll be really weird. Um, but, I mean, really, so anyways, really, it's the sequel trilogy to The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can think of it that way. Yeah. You can think of it that way for sure. Um, so, so one, this is kind of like a fun, hey, we're back at it and doing it again. And also, if like we forget something like really obvious, we did not just read the last two chapters. Don't, that was and don't mention anything. That was don't like a tell month us. We don't yeah, want to know. So. <laughs> also, you guys, you guys both read these chapters today. Yeah. <laughs> After our so three and a half week hiatus, <laughs> I read my chapters three and a half weeks ago. Yeah, I I, I read um, most of the first chapter last night. Hmm. You know what's funny to, is that I I feel like fair, the way Josh is framing that he's trying to be like I'm the responsible one. But imagine if we all read a month ago, we would have no fucking idea uh, what's going I, on for this discussion. I especially I took thinking. notes. You See? should be thanking us, Josh, well, for having read today. Josh, I don't take notes. I, I, I would have been... I, I you would have been fucked. I would have had nothing, yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, it's... It's kind of all our faults that it's been this long. You guys just had some really bad scheduling conflicts that yes. first week. Yep. Um, and then you, you then got together and did music stuff... I um, I had a job that I, I was doing at nights. Yeah, that was that was the hard that was the really hard one that kind yeah. of screwed us over. But uh, and then I I are, decided are you, that are you still a lighthouse groundskeeper? Is that what that job was? Because I kept seeing you on Instagram like in front of a lighthouse. I was like, what is he doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was I not supposed to just say that out loud? I mean, like, I mean, I did sign an NDA, so that that's as far as I'm going to go. But um, oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you 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 had a uh, assignment. I was on assignment. I was on assignment. Uh, but that assignment's over now. Good. I mean, All right. good. You got the assignment. Good. It's over because it's scheduling sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And then I decided I was going to spend a week overseas. So, um, 
I got back two days ago. And it's it was been three like weeks a, since I read the book. It was like a belated, a, uh, you know, funeral for. Don't start that bullshit. You're really gonna try and <laughs> you're really gonna try <laughs> because okay, sorry. You, okay, let's, let's you already let's blew your load, sorry, buddy. Sorry, you do not have to do I, this. I had a little oh bit left. God. I had a little left there. I had a little okay. left. I was just shaking it off. I was shaking it off. Oh <laughs> Gross. When, okay. Great. Great. Good stuff. Long term listeners, <laughs> listeners will get this joke, by the way. Ugh. See, that's a payoff. Anyway, that's I went to Ireland. Payoff. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for souvenirs for you guys. Um, I wonder why I couldn't find anything with your name on it, Connor. Turns out Mount Queen's really hard to find in, in, uh, in Ireland. Yeah, it's a Scottish I- name. You couldn't tell that by looking at you, but I did find a book that had like five different spellings of it. But they like they it, you were looking you could look at them and it's like you could pronounce this as McIlvain, mm. but the spelling is way wrong. But yeah. they didn't have the the spell your your spelling of the name. I mean, M A C is generally Scottish. M C is usually. right. But I, I, but I did I find am, some Ma- like McAvoy's and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean it's all pretty much the same name, you know, um, just yeah. different iterations. But I, I am, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm much more Irish than Scottish. But um, and I'm much more Italian than my, Irish. But my name my just dad, says otherwise. My dad has the Scottish last name. Hmm. I, I found out that my family, the town my family comes from, which we didn't, we did not visit. It was in a different part of the the country, but the town we can't come from is most famous for the origin of the of the word boycott, because there was some fisherman there named Boycott that everyone just fucking hated, and they didn't buy from him and stuff. So his my my ancestral my yeah wow. So my ancestral homeland is apparently uh, uh, best known for some jackass who everyone hated. <laughs> Nice. What did he do? Sounds pretty Irish. I don't know. uh, All my my dad was telling me this when we were at a gift shop one night after dinner, and I was just all he would say is that he was a fisherman and that he was like the name was boycott and people didn't like doing business with him because he was such a jerk or something. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how long ago it was. It's just literally information my dad gave me a week ago. (laughs) So that sounds sounds about right. Um, just a funny story, though. <laughs> I know. I, I Irish. Mean, it's a great. Their name. whole culture is like funny stories. Boycott. Oh yeah, no. Name. We we did like four different tours in Killarney, which was the town we spent half the time in. Uh, beautiful town, by the way. Um, beautiful landscape and that just wonderful. Um, I think every tour guide told us at least one or two other stories that another tour guide had told us. So. <laughs> They don't have a lot of. Uh, there's only a, f- a few. Set it was a small town for them to. It, it 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 was a small town. Uh, we did about as much as you could do in four days. Uh, that you, that you could probably see the whole town in four days and do all the stuff that's there. A did week they, if you uh, like to drink, which was, I don't. You know they they ever say try that in a small town. <laughs> no, <laughs> none of the tour guys went there. So, to give, give you guys a, a better touch point, 
think of Lake George Village, make it super Irish, and that's about what Killarney's like. Wow. I think I've been there before. Do do they have a Dillagaff store? Uh, no. Uh, they they have a quill. Uh, when when I went, they had one. They okay. So so they changed it. Not to one quills? that I saw. Josh, what does like, quill stand know. for? Because you know Dillagaff stands for. No, it was some name. It was the name of the 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 just, the founder or something. Just make something I'm sure up. it stands just for something. something. It was just a gift shop. Sure, it stands for something. Connor, what what does Quill stand for? Uh, quiet until I lick <laughs> llamas. Okay, hey, quiet until I lick llamas. <laughs> I had like That's half good. those words in my head as well. That's good. Um, but no, it was just beautiful town great people um Mm, they're okay food was food was edible (laughs) (laughs) a lot of potatoes you had a lot of fish and chips well i don't here's the problem i don't drink and i don't like seafood so it was a lot of it's a lot of chicken and and potatoes and and beef in my diet that that week um but uh also, it rained so random. The, the weather there was so random. It's like it, it'll be sunny, and then like twenty minutes later, it's raining, and then an hour after that, it's, it's sunny again, and it'll just repeat on that random cycle all day and night. Like it, it, it will literally be like sunshine with a few clouds, and and like like sixty five, seventy degrees out, and you you go into the store and you come back out, and it's 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 a rain shower and like five degrees cooler and you have no idea what the fuck happened. I guess the rain God was making his way through town. Could be. No, dude, this was literally every day. Yeah. He, he has his, well, I, I've heard, you know, they call Ireland, the Florida, of the UK. So no, Florida is on, is on clockwork. It yeah, rains at 3 PM every day until the hurricanes come through. It, it's over by five. It, and it's sunny and a million degrees. Ireland, the clock is broken. It's just it just whatever the fuck it wants, whenever the fuck it wants. Did you ever see one of those Irish gators, Josh? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but to get us okay. to get us someone on track, to get us someone on track, there was a bar there called the Shire. It was clearly Lord of the Rings theme, but it was way out the the beaten path that we uh, my family was taking. Those few days that we were it's there, just like but the fucking Hobbit place that that, that I, you, you I passed up in you, Toronto. You didn't stop in for a pint. I, I on, we honestly did not have the time, and we were more concerned with stopping at another pub called O'Connor's. So, did you get a pint there? Uh, a pint of water. <laughs> I don't drink. You went to O'Connor's pub and you didn't have a pint, Josh. I don't drink. Yeah, but I mean. Okay, so there's like not drinking where it's like you know, you know you're you're like sober, you know, but like you know you've you've been known to have a beer every once in a while, right? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I Come just on. don't drink. Come on, everyone, you know, like one beer every decade, you know, the Cunningham ratio, as they call it. <laughs> Come on. I don't think I've ever finished an alcoholic drink. Or what about are a, you a pint kidding of me? No, that's I'm not. Irish, that's Irish and non-alcoholic. Oh, dude, we we went to the fucking Guinness, uh, uh, what? Not brewery, but the storehouse in Dublin. Because the the whole point of this trip was for the the Navy Notre Dame game. Because my dad's a Navy grad, 
uh, and Navy got to go to the um, the, the Guinness place the, the night before the game, and I didn't drink anything there except water. <laughs> so, I mean, they called it Guinness Clear on the tap, but it was water. <laughs> Hmm. No, just, Actually, it's funny because right now, clear. right now, I'm I'm drinking some Jameson, which uh, it's also Irish. Bre- I think we passed the brewery for it at one point. Yeah, there were a few That's names I recognized and a few that I didn't. Product of Ireland, in 1780. Not bad. Not bad. Also visited a lot of churches, and uh, a lot of castles, dude. Not two, not two hours off the plane. I was climbing some castle ruins in the middle of Ireland. We, my parents got a like a, a private car to drive us from Dublin to Killarney, and the guy was like, "You guys want to go see a castle?" And we're like, "Sure." And we're jet lagged as fuck because we got like four hours of sleep on the plane. It's literally like seven thirty in the morning, uh, which is like two two thirty Eastern time. Which were which is what our clocks were still kind of like our internal clocks were still set to, and we're just climbing this mountain at sunrise in Ireland, and there's a fucking ruined castle on top, and we're just standing up there like, holy fuck, we were in New York or we were in Connecticut like eight hours ago, <laughs> we've been off the plane less than two hours, and now we're on top of a castle. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> My mom had fallen Sounds asleep beautiful. in the car, and and like we were just kind of like driving on the roads and she fell asleep and she woke up. We're all getting out of the car to go climb a mountain. And she's like, what the hell is going on? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, back to your homeland. Yep. Nice. Yeah. I, I shouldn't keep, I, I I could keep rambling on, but we should really talk about the book. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about Lord of the Rings. Glad you had a good trip though. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll remember more and more stuff as we go. But remind me, remind me to show you some of the pictures when we hang out. Of course, especially under the circumstances. A long-awaited book discussion. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, looking at my notes, which I wrote today, <laughs> uh, we're going to be starting with Chapter Three: The Orakai. And this is a good chapter, actually, to jump back into after a month-long break, because it's kind of a retelling of the previous chapter from a different perspective. So it goes over, like, all the same events that we've already read about, and I found myself, like, refreshing my memory as I was reading through it. I'm like, oh, this is actually a pretty cool place to pick the book back up. So that was nice. Yeah. because what we get here is uh, Pippin and Mary like waking up to find themselves captives of the orcs and being dragged across the plains of Rohan and there's descent within the orc ranks but you know the Urukai who are the the orcs of Saruman are particularly strong and aggressive and you know they're like we're going back to Isengard that's it you know I'll kill as many orcs as I have to but that's where we're going so they're going to Isengard and um you know Pippin kind of sets up 
these steps throughout the chapter to, to make their escape. Um, and ultimately, the time comes when they're just about to enter Fangorn Forest, and the Riders of Rohan catch up with them. They're kind of at this, like, stalemate in the dead of night. And um, Pippin and Merry are able to convince this orc to take them away from the rest of the group because they think that they have the One Ring. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and instead, that orc is killed by one of the, the men of Rohan. And so, like, in that, that moment, you know, they seize their opportunity, and Merry and Pippin are able to, to get away from the, the battle and go into Fangorn Forest on their own. And uh, that's, that's where that chapter ends and, like, pretty seamlessly leads into the next one. Yeah. As always, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of things for us to zero in on here, but I'd say that's the broad brushstrokes of the chapter. So what did you say the name of this chapter was again? The Orakai. So you're saying with my, more of an O sound at the beginning, because I've been reading as as Uruk or Urukai. Yeah, I think the way that I'm saying it is like how the movies, the Peter Jackson films, I've I, learned to pronounce it that way. Which is fair. I It's been so long since I've seen any mention of them in the movies that I don't remember exactly what it is. And I've just been reading it as as Urukai or Orakai. Not, not, or, or, ooh, more of an ooh sound. You yeah, know, the, the sounds Ur, that the you... Ur, the Urukai. Orakai. Yeah. Ur, the Urukai. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's all yeah. it's all the same shit. We'll, we'll find out when we eventually get to this movie. I mean, who knows who's to say they're the last words on pronunciation. Plenty of things they say weird in the Dune movies, and I'm like, that's not how you fucking say that. I don't need a movie <laughs> to tell me how to say that word. That's wrong. Yeah, sand. <laughs> for, for what it's worth. <laughs> so. Yeah, those books are all about sand, of course. It's pronounced, it's pronounced Powell. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So the Orakai, which it is kind of interesting thinking about the movies, you know, for what it's worth, because this is part of like the two towers stuff that Jackson folds into the end of the Fellowship, because we get scenes of Saruman like creating the Orakai in the Fellowship movie, and. It's, You're right. It is an Urukai itself. It is the one to kill Boromir, um, which they talk about in this chapter. I, I think it's like that, the, that still is true. Yeah, I think it's the named one in this chapter, which is another interesting part of this chapter is we get names for some of the orcs. Yeah, Ugluk. Ugluk and... Or, uh, or Ugluk or, you know, whatever. Yeah, Ugluk's probably closest. Um, hang on, I just had a page. A lot of orc shit. What do you think of the orcs, Connor? Yeah, we got a lot of orc like culture and lore in this. Yeah, this that's kind of what I, 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 I thought the uh, the orc inner fighting kind of was was interesting. Getting a glimpse into their, uh, you know, their their power structure. Um, that was interesting. They they're they're just kind of. I don't know. They're they're very orc like. They're just big, big babies, big strong yeah. babies. Uh, <laughs> That's what you imagine orcs to be. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry, 
one of the other names is uh, that we get is is Grishnox. Yeah, Grishnok. He's the one that they they try to um, fool with the one ring, and Pippin's making golem noises. Um, yeah, we actually, but going back, going back to the actual like orcs culture, we find out there's like three different types of orcs and goblins. So there's the the ones from the Misty Mountains who are what we encountered in The Hobbit. There are the orcs of Mordor, who are a lot more of Sauron's thralls, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then there are now the Uruk High, which are of Isengard and Saruman. So, yeah. it, it's interesting how they're all together in this party. And are, uh, you see a lot more infighting. And as I'm saying this, it's almost like a bit of a mirror of the... Uh, uh, the fellowship because they have humans and a dwarf and a elf and hobbits just all they're all different races technically but they're all trying for the same goal whereas the the orcs are again a mix of I don't know if you can say different races or just like varieties of orc um, all with a similar goal but with such different ways of so, still so much disagreement between them. They, they don't function nearly as well as the fellowship does. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. You would think like that they're closer in, uh, you know, in, in like their likeness of their kind and of their goal. And yet, yeah, they they couldn't disagree more. They're literally killing each other. So it, yeah. it is a funny like parallel to to just babies. see like how bad they are. Yeah, <laughs> giant babies. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's kind of there's there's a couple. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of things we want to say about the the orcs, but it's kind of funny talking about like the different varieties of them. And I I just want to bring up something small in the next chapter. Um, There's this line. It's actually towards the very end of the chapter. Um, It says... Let me pull it up. I have it right here. It says... um, So, maybe you have heard of trolls. They are mighty strong, but trolls are only counterfeits made by the enemy in the great darkness in mockery of Ents, as orcs were of elves. So... Like, another interesting thing about the world building there, it doesn't even sound like orcs, like, breed. They're not natural creatures. They're made that, artificially. Yes. And we do see that in Fellowship. In the movie, you uh, mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, in the movie. Yes. Uh, also, that is literally the last note I took, which is, neat troll in orc lore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but I, it, when you, you say, know, it is we, Yeah. Funny. To think about like oh like shouldn't shouldn't they get along like they're all orcs it's like well they're not even really a species you know they're they're just this organic machine that's that's just created to serve you know these dark desires yeah but they no, they aren't they aren't even really a creature you know and created to mock a different creature yeah Right, even even more than that, they don't even have their own identity. They 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 only exist in relation to something yeah pure and natural. Just bizarro versions of something else. Yeah, but even so, like they do, they do kind of express like these ideas of culture 
And it's, you know, they use this, this name several times. It sounds like there's an orc city, right? They keep saying, like, they should go to Lugbert's or whatever it's called. Um, oh, yeah. It sounds like... It sounds like there's just a place where, like, orcs, you know, live together, maybe. Maybe there is, like, a community of orcs that are sort of separate from, you know, the the, the control of, like, all these, these other um, masters. Or maybe it's part of it. It doesn't really matter. But it, it does sound like they have, like, their own kind of, like, collective somewhere else, too. Is that on the map, maybe? That's a... Uh, Good question. I didn't think to look. I didn't think to look until just now, anyway. If it is, Which though, I imagine was? it would be in Mordor. It's Lugbert's. L U G B U R Z. Hmm. Lugbert's sounds like a department store. <laughs> yeah. Just going out of Lugbert's. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, while Josh is don't see it. I, in a quick look, I do not see it. Yeah. So. Hmm. I wonder if that's the name of the, the goblin village that Bilbo and the dwarves w were taken to under the mountains. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I could see that. Anyway. What do you make of all this uh, orc shit, Connor, in the chapter in general? Well, I mean, you know, I, I like I said, I do like the kind of uh, seeing their inner dynamics. Um, but, but yeah, you know, the chapter was pretty brutal, you know, just um, Mary and Pippin being dragged around like ragdolls, you know, and kind of tormented and um, pushed to their their absolute limit. Uh, so you know you do feel bad for them, but uh, it was a good it was a good chapter. I'm I'm happy, you know. Although it takes place in the woods, it, it was it was more being tortured and and pushed around and dragged mercilessly right. through the woods rather than just walking through the woods. Well, no, they were in grasslands yeah. up until the end. All right, Josh, <clears throat> with the fucking grasslands. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, my bad. Right. It is. It is kind of interesting. Like it feels like this is definitely some of the like like darkest or most lethal stuff to have happened to the main cast of characters like yeah Boromir died you know <laughs> but um, this is more lethal kind of valiantly yeah right maybe lethal isn't quite the word there Josh you're right but <laughs> but like it's like oh you know he he falls he falls in battle you know but uh here they're uh they are they are made to be like tortured and it's funny because you know not to jump ahead too much but like after they're free Tolkien writes something that like the way they're talking it's like just the way hobbits are it's like you never would have guessed that they had been like tortured for a week and like you know made March to go on this like horrible march right they're just they're just like you know gabbing they have the gift of gab as as you might say um 
so I, I kind of liked that because like it, it kind of at once like it you know Tolkien doesn't want to like linger on the the brutal aspect like he includes it you know it's part of what's happening in the story it's part of the text but like he doesn't get any joy out of like um like showing that he he's not obviously you know leaning into like the game of thrones territory where it's like yeah this is like dark fantasy you know it's like it's it's pretty tame i think the way it plays out but the material itself is is brutal is dark you know what i mean and yet like that's not what the characters fixate on it's not what the text fixates on even though it's part of it so i i kind of like that balance that like tolkien doesn't avoid it but like he's not he's not here to 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 make something to shock you you know for for just for just that he wants it to have like a reason in the narrative i think yeah and this was some of the worst shit that's happened to like the core cast so it it was interesting i think to see it play out yeah you know (laughs) some of the worst uh, shit that's happened one of them died but some of the worst shit well, but Some we really other, care. Absolutely. We care yeah, about No, Marianne no, you're Kippen. absolutely right. It's just funny. We don't give a shit about Boromir. We don't give a shit about Boromir. But he's dead. Or he, you know, he's dead. It's what, you, like, let's move on, all right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Mary and Pippin get to the point where they're, they're like, I fucking, I wish I never came on this trip. I wish I was never born. You know, I mean, not that far, but. Uh, but yeah, they're like, oh, I wish we didn't get our way and 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 leave um, Elf City. <laughs> right, Rivendell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, real quick, and then if there's a place you want to jump to, Connor or Josh, let me know. But on the topic of moving on from Boromir, who's dead and gone, and there's no reason to talk about him again, I do have one thing I want to mention about Boromir, related to it. this chapter, because in in the beginning of it. Um, in the beginning of this chapter, it, it like, this chapter kind of spans the entirety of the previous chapter where Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas realize what's happened to Boromir, right, figure out what happened to the hobbits, all of it, the whole thing. So at the beginning of this chapter, um, Merry and Pippin are like, they recount the death of Boromir. Right, um, and I, it was interesting. There's this line. It says, "Then Boromir had come leaping through the trees. He had made them fight. He slew many of them, and the rest fled. But they had not gone far on the way back when they were attacked again by a hundred orcs, at least. Some of them very large, and they shot a rain of arrows always at Boromir. Boromir had blown his great horn till the woods rang." And at first the orcs had been dismayed and had drawn back. But when no answer but the echoes came, they had attacked more fiercely than ever. Pippin did not remember much more. His last memory was of Boromir leaning against a tree, plucking out an arrow. Then darkness fell suddenly. And I I just wanted to bring that up because, like, in the previous chapter, I kind of felt like Boromir's death was um, covered pretty hastily. It was like, then Boromir died. And I was like, okay. But we get a bit more exposition on, like, how it actually plays out. And not only that, I think it's framed a lot more gallantly, you know, like... Heroic, even. Right, like, it turns out that the hobbits have been found by the orcs. It's not like, you know, 
they don't get the jump on Boromir. Boromir rushes in to save them. And so I especially like that we have one more moment to to consider like how that plays out. Because otherwise you get this idea that like, oh, you know, Boromir feels like he died in shame, right? Like he failed at the 11th hour and he tried to take the ring and he's a horrible person and he's corrupted and then he dies and his story's over. But, you know, Pippin makes a point of showing us that like Boromir, I think his true nature, right? Like his, his true heart and his motives, he not only rushes to defend someone weaker than himself, but specifically hobbits, right? And so yep. you kind of get this feel, like if Frodo was in the same situation, wouldn't Boromir do the same? And it's not even really about substituting Pippin and Merry for Frodo, like they're interchangeable, but but more about like, you know, I, I think this moment shows us that Boromir is like redeemed in the eyes of the story itself you know that his final act isn't the betrayal of frodo it's the protection of mary and pippin and yeah. that's where he I, I i definitely think it's more um established here than in the first two chapters um but then i'm thinking about the movie is that what happened in the movie or or did boromir just rile them all up and was like come and get me and then he just dies i think I, he was if I remember correctly, I think it just kind of cut to him in the middle of battle with the orcs. Yeah, because the orcs kind of descend on Aragorn, <clears throat> and then it kind of, you hear the horn, and you, it just kind of cuts to him with the hobbits, not like trying like the hobbits are just being taken away, and he's just there fighting orcs, and then he gets shot in the chest. Yeah, I think the big thing too is the movie has to condense certain things for pacing. So like Gandalf's death in Moria and, you know, pretty much leads directly into this moment, which again, like kind of is how it's set up in, in the books, even though it feels like there's more separation because of the ending of fellowship beginning of two towers. But I feel like in the movie, there's more of this sense that the orcs are pursuing them from Moria, you know, like where at like, and I guess that is kind of the, the case here, but it just feels like there's, if I'm remembering correctly, more, more that happens in between in in the books but it I, I guess all i mean is i think it does largely play out the same in the movie but i do think it feels different because of the way they like have to cut things and per, put certain things closer together yeah, for the sake yeah. of like pacing you know mm -hmm. yeah i think i think you're right but Agreed. i mean re, you know regardless i <clears throat> i i have always liked the boromir of the books more than Boromir the movie so I'm going to try and not let my opinion of the movie version of him cloud my my remembrance of, of what was a great man in these books yeah Bookomir yeah. Bookomir well that's nice Connor I'm glad that you can separate those two things you know it is it is funny you've been like that's my thing you know I just hate Boromir that's like my Lord of the Rings thing now <laughs> But uh, I mean, it, he is, yeah, like, it was not he, always he, that I, way. Okay, even though he's like okay and he died valiantly, like he's still the worst character, right? Like who, like who else? <laughs> like, who, who's worse? Yeah, fuck that Sauron guy. Boromir's the worst. Well, I mean, but I mean, like the worst character. Like he's not fun. Like he's not. Like oops, sorry. I don't know. I, I think everyone else is just is just more interesting than him. Yeah. 
Maybe. I, I did always think he was funny in Fellowship where someone would like describe something and he'd be like, oh, well, in Gondor, we do it this way. It's way better in Gondor. It's like, buddy, go back to fucking Gondor, you yeah. know? But Yeah. But I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, no, I mean, never mind. We, let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Josh, I know you have some notes. I do too, oh, yeah. uh, as per usual. But how about we go through some of those here and see where that takes us? Do you want to jump to any other topic next? Um, I think most of my notes were kind of in the snarky uh, variety. Um, I mean, you kind of hit the the big one about the the, the Orkin uh, uh, goblin lore or troll lore from the next chapter. Um, but yeah, on the on the first page, I have uh, look out. Pippin has become self aware uh, when he starts lamenting the fact that he's been useless, uh, a nuisance, a passenger, a piece of luggage. What good have I yeah. been? Um, that's tough too because they describe him being carried like a sack several times in the chapter too. Yes. He he is literally just a bag to the orcs. Yep. Um. <clears throat> I I have a, this headcanon now after the this line that there were many voices roundabout and the orc speech sounded at all times full of hate and anger. It seemed plain that something like a quarrel had begun and blah, 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 blah. But that made me think that orcish is just a mix of German and Klingon. I think that's a good way to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh... The Nazgul and the Urukai are confirmed to be working with uh, Saruman. Oh no 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 no! I'm sorry, that's two separate notes. We have the Nazgul being mentioned, mm-hmm. so I just had Nazgul exclamation point, <clears throat> and then we confirm that the Urukai are confirmed to be working with Saruman. Um, right. And then Ugluk says, "I have spoken," so I wrote that down again because Mandalorian. Good stuff. Can we talk about the Nazgul for a minute? Since you touched absolutely, go for it. It's. I also kind of clock that, especially because um, they say it's like a winged, a winged Nazgul, or maybe it. I'm not really sure if they say the Nazgul itself is winged or if it's on something. I kind of forget how they describe it, but this Nazgul is flying, and I remember yep. Josh. I think there's a moment in Fellowship when, um, like Frodo. Senses it says a winged Nazgul awaits us northward on the east bank. Yeah. I think there was a moment in Fellowship where you mentioned, like, it's kind of hinting at this. But we weren't really there yes. either, so it couldn't really be, like, said explicitly. But it's like, I mean, to go I back to Star Wars, you know, they fly now? They fly now! <laughs> so, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so the I always I never really thought of the Black Riders and the Nazgul as one and the same. I thought the Black Riders were one thing and the Nazgul were the flying things. Oh no. Yeah, no, no that's black. what I thought. Oh I see. No, no. Uh and and I'm not just saying that from like <clears throat> like broader knowledge. In Fellowship, they do also refer to the the Black Riders, the Nine, as the Nazgul. So right, that that's what I mean. Is, Until then, it is I, good I, to I, yeah, yeah. 
But now we come across the term a winged Nazgul, I can say, like, I, I remember those flying things, and I thought the flying thing specifically was the Nazgul. Oh, I see. Yep. So it seems like so. something happened in between them losing their horses, and now they're not gone. So I, I like that Tolkien makes mention of that, and also that um, the Mordor orcs are, like, very reverent of the Nazgul, and the Isengard Orokai are very dismissive of the Nazgul. They're like, oh, well, you think the fucking Nazgul are going to show up and save you? And, yep. you know, one of the other ones is like, you're going to regret that one day. You are going to regret that you talk shit about the Nazgul because they will fuck you up, buddy. You know, so it's it's just interesting to see, like, even how they perceive, like, the other ranks of, like, you know, the enemy of the Dark Army. You know, it's like you would think kind of in like Star Wars brain almost it's like oh well it's like watch out for the Sith you know and then some people in the Empire might be like yeah you know they'll fuck you up you don't want to mess with those guys and some people are going to be like what the people who pretend that they have fucking magic and run around with their little whatever the fuck I'm going to they don't you know it's like there's this split between that asthmatic you know, guy over there right oh, why should I worry you know, about him it has it, it's all has to do with like their their perception you know what what they place their faith in and and what mm -hmm. they defer to um so it, it's interesting to see that even crop up amongst the orcs in relation to the nazgul which are not like according to them like some all-powerful force you know some of them are like nazgul who cares so uh so there's that yeah. too that's all i wanted to point out cool neat um, oh, something that we should keep an eye out for. Uh, at one point, uh, do Mary had a big Little gash lamb. on his. <laughs> thank you. Had a big gash on his forehead, and they treated him with the uh, in the orc fashion, which is by pouring some gross liquid on his face or something. Oh, they basically gave him like some sort of like evil healing potion or something. Um, and what we had, the line here is the gash in his forehead gave him no more trouble, but he bore a brown scar to the end of his days. So I, I think that when we get to this part of the movies, we're going to have to keep an eye out to see if, if Mary has a scar on his forehead from now on for the rest of the films. Yeah. I also, you know, this, it's funny because I'm sure this could also have to do with um, just our different perspectives on the matter, too. But I took the liquid that they were giving to Mary and Pippin. I thought it was like orc liquor. I didn't think it was a potion. I thought it was like this, like, dark, horrible, alcoholic beverage. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's like maybe magically imbued. That's what I thought, too, especially with just the sensation that it, is described that came with it. It could very well be both. Yeah. No, only, yeah. Only the, not, only the orcs would make say, a healing potion out of whiskey. Right, yeah. I, I, get, I, I almost took it like not even like, yes, it is a healing potion, but I like to imagine like I got the sensation that they just drink it all the time for fun too, but like it also like thinking about like world building, it's like if you're constantly drinking that, like why wouldn't you be super powerful, yeah. you know, and formidable? It's like yeah, I think they're like constantly drinking like 
what would what would otherwise be to like many other creatures like this horrible deadly poison as like just for fun <laughs> and it also gives them like this remarkable like healing ability or power and that's and, so like that's how we like know people Connor's, do with coffee uh, that that's how we know Connor's sensibility coming into each podcast record <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's uh, drinking his his orc he, his orc elixir yeah I always get a little fucked when I read the word because it's D-R-A-U-G-H-T and my American brain always wants to say drought but it's draft yeah it's draft <laughs> which I, I think we've also talked tra- about on this podcast because I, I, I got that wrong and Connor was like it's fucking draft dude I always read that as drought. Yeah. Yeah, we've I know. I, this. We've, yeah, I this never... Happens. No, I remember we talked about this at some point. Yeah. I don't know when it was, but we talked about this in the podcast. Because I think I said... I think I said the word out loud. I think I said drought. And you were, like, making fun of me. You were like, it's draft, idiot. And I was like, oh, so I've never forgotten it. Because every time you make fun of me, it sticks with me for the rest of my life. So, uh, <laughs> so now I know it's draft. Undeniably. And, yeah, uh, yeah, just um, you know, the Americans just dumb it down. We got to dumb every word down. Yeah, true enough. But that, I mean, you were thinking the same thing, right, Josh? You said you say I, you're you, you think of it the same way in your head. No, I, I don't think I've. Yeah, I always read it as dr- drought. But Guys, I don't you think know I that, ever that drought came across the the O. There's it's it's an O instead of an A. That's the difference between drought. You and see, Connor's still going to take this opportunity to be like, no, oh, well, I, this is. A, we're talking about it. We're talking about it right now. I, you don't need to sure. do this. I, I was making sure that he knew because you know. I'm not saying I'm not trying to say drought like like absence yeah. of water. I'm trying, like like I always read it as like draught, or or yeah. like more of an ought sound. Mm-hmm. And I do associate that with like alcohol, a- alcohol, but it's like I never made the connection to like draft beer. Yeah, just the yeah, same. That's it's it. just a different spelling. That's it. Right. English is fucked. Thinking about the way. I don't know. Thinking about the, the way that like the way we associate words is one thing and the way that words are used, especially over time, is another thing, too. I, I've also was thinking about it because there are times when it describes Mary and Pippin drinking from the river, just water, and it's still described as a draft. Yeah. So I think we are conditioned to think of draft in, in terms of alcohol and liquor, right? But... But I think, like, Tolkien is also kind of showing us through his writing that it's not explicitly only what the word means. Because he uses it in reference to drinking water as well, in the very chapter that we're discussing. Or maybe the next one. But but certainly within this section of reading, because I, I was thinking about that. So, um, it's just funny, the way, the way that is. Because when you use the word draft now, you would pretty much only be thinking about beer. But it seems like it's n- not exactly the only thing you you could uh, use it to refer to. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting word because it's it's also like oh, um, there's a draft in this room, you know. Oh, but Connor, that's spelled D R A F T. You don't know that. Uh, well, no, actually, different bo- spelling. Both, different spelling for that one, buddy. Both can spell both, actually. 
No, fuck you. I, no, I'm a draft serious. is D-R-A-F-T. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. If you're referring to a draft in a room, that's how you fucking spell it. Come on. Yeah, but Are I we mean, talking about American you, English you, you or UK it, English? What are we talking that, about? You can spell it that way, too. Um, Come but, on. But then I think about that, and then I think about, oh, is is it just like swallowing a cold liquid, you know, like that makes you feel like refreshed or something, you know? Um, so I, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting word. It is. And, you know, I mean, Tolkien encourages you to think about language, certainly. I don't think that's exactly his aim here, but, like, it's funny just with the separation of time. Like, I'm sure, he probably I think in the 50s, knew. it would have it would have read very normally. <laughs> he probably never knew how, 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 how we spelled it. Yeah. Yeah. For all we know, he was just trying to write about a stiff breeze through a room. You know, we have no, we have no way of knowing. You know, because they're spelt the same. We have no way to tell. We, so. we don't. No, I mean, other than like explicitly referring to liquids, but right, yeah. yeah. No, but it's you know, it's it's a mystery yeah. for sure. Yeah, it is a mystery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I um? I actually, you know, wait. What were we? If I say what were we talking about, it's too broad. What was the note that you started on, Josh? Uh, Where did we leave off there and what you were going to It was the, the scar. And yes. We have to look for the scar. Right. Okay. Right. Yes. The scar. We got talking about okay. the healing potion. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Drink. Thank you for connecting all those points. Okay. Good talk there, chumps. I like that. Um, <laughs> what's next for you there, Josh? Oh, you want me to keep going? I thought you had some notes. Well, I do. Um, but how about you? How about you do one more, and then I'll see what I have left. Okay. Well, I have three more for the chapter. So, one's really quick. Uh, when they finally get away, they start talking about food. Um. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's literally right after Grishnak gets like impaled by an arrow. Yeah. I think I know what you're uh, talking about because I think I have the same note, and I'm, I'm excited yeah. for you to mention it. And it's um, they they're crawling away, and Mary's basically like, "Okay, I've had enough crawling," and Pippin's like, uh, "What do you have any lembas? Lembas, the 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 bread." Yeah, and and they start talking about that. It's like only a hobbit would think that think of food at a time like this. Yeah, my note on that is Mary and Pippin eating Lembus while people are dying in the background. Yep. Because Tolkien is, like, pretty clear on, like, the battle erupting, and you can, like, hear the screams, and oh, you're right. it, it felt very comedic to me. Yeah, it felt very comedic to me that they're like, do you have any food? And, like, I'm just imagining orcs getting beheaded left and right, like, and they're just calmly sitting right. there eating their food, like... Right, it was in the middle of the battle, like, the orcs are getting picked off by the riders in the dark. Precisely, yeah. They, they were literally, like, bound together. It's, like, one of the last orders that Grishnak gave. I, he's not dead yet. Uh, and they're just, like, back-to-back tied up in the middle of this camp where everyone's dying. They're like, fancy a meal. Yeah, yep. See, if Connor and I hadn't read today, we wouldn't have gotten the full context for that moment, would we? That that is right. Because I, I briefly skim over that the part that I leave the note on. <laughs> so, so you know, there you have it. You know, we are I think we kind of all have our roles to fill here, you know? 
That's why this podcast works as well as it does. And it works well. <laughs> it works so well. It's crazy how well it works. Everyone's saying. It's like a, like a well-oiled machine. A well-oiled podcast machine. Um, yeah, no, that, uh, thinking well. that part, that part is funny. Let me, let me just jump to a couple of mine and then you can finish up yours. And I think we'll be pretty much sure. done with this chapter. Um, I wanted to mention, so like, I, I like the way that Tolkien makes it very clear that this chapter is meant to take simultaneously alongside the previous chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, which is mentioned like several times. Like it's it's very clear when Pippin drops his brooch, and I don't know. And it talks about like the riders of Rohan like running them down. Like all these things that were described or discovered by um, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas beforehand. But what I really thought was interesting is I don't feel like there was a chapter like this in Fellowship where we're getting the same events but switching the perspectives in fellowship I mean, fellowship fellowship barely changed perspective at all it almost always followed frodo right yes yes so one you're right and i think we talked about that last episode where it's like oh we're jumping characters that's cool like didn't yeah. know that was going to happen and now we're even getting different perspectives on the same event and and the way that that played out for both of them within like that timeline um so it's weird because like usually when there's a clear separation between books i might make a point like oh this really feels like the author pushing themselves to like try different things in their writing you know as they progress as an author but we really are meant to perceive the Lord of the Rings as a singular book. So even though I really don't mean to belabor this point, even though we're (laughs) jumping from the fellowship to the two towers, we are meant to be considering it as one book. And so I think it's interesting in that regard that Tolkien is taking the opportunity in the middle of his book, essentially to go like, all right, now we're doing this, you know, it's, I wouldn't go so far as to say like it's bold. I think it's actually, you know, if you're not, if you're just like flipping page by page and you're not really considering it, I think it'd be very easy to just not even, not even really think about too much. But we spend a lot of time discussing, you know, really just two chapters of a book at a time. And so a change like this really jumped out at me. Um, not in the sense of feeling like, oh, you know, wow, Tolkien's Tolkien's really trying to, like, you know, push his craft here. But just that you would take the opportunity to, like, shift that drastically in the middle of your book at all. I think it kind of feeds into this idea. Like, I really love the way Fellowship ends with, I think the last chapter is called The Breaking of the Fellowship. And then, like, The Two Towers really capitalizes on that idea. You know, it's like the yeah the first third of the book is like how these disparate parts and characters like coalesce and come together but then when they break apart you know how else would you follow that it's very natural that you would you know write from their different perspectives even at the same time and so like i i you know i don't know this for sure to be honest 
but I, I like this idea of the two towers as like a bit of an inverse where it's like, instead of how all the characters come together, it's like, oh, after they, after they split and go their separate ways, not only what happens to them, but it's like, you know, do they re coalesce, you know, what, what is the arc of like this story and, and what happens with these characters? That's not clear. And I don't know for sure, but um, this this chapter and the way that Tolkien writes about it made me think a little more deeply about it, and I wanted to throw that out there because I thought it was interesting that he does it at all, considering <laughs> it wasn't there before. Well, that's it's a really good point. <laughs> that's all I got. I'm not. I'm not really. If we don't have more to say there, that's fine. I just wanted to throw it out there. And then um, the re- the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick, I thought that this chapter focused a lot on Pippin because like Mary is unconscious for a lot of it. Um, which is or cool. Or just doesn't say anything. Right, or just doesn't say anything, yep. And um, I was thinking towards the end of the chapter, I like that Tolkien still gives Mary like a moment or a role to make himself useful because once they're both freed, Mary, Mary is like, you probably don't know where we are. Do you Pippin? You know, he's like, luckily I was looking at all the maps and doing all this shit back in Rivendell. And so I actually, you know, I kind of understand where we are and where we should go. And, you know, in my mind, like, Merry and Pippin, up until this point, very interchangeable. Like, essentially the same character talking to themselves with two different names. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but this was a really cool chapter, like, focusing on them in isolation for the first time. And kind of, like, showing what their strengths and weaknesses are. And Pippin seems to have a lot more, like, I mean, like, really broad brushstrokes here. Pippin seems to be like the more physical, active one, and Mary's maybe the more like mental thinking one. And it's not as cut and dry as that, but um, but we get like some really cool moments that showcase their strengths and weaknesses here. And I appreciated that because I really didn't even know like I, I always liked in the fellowship. Mary and Pippin with Frodo and Sam like escaping the Shire like they're really fun and snarky but like I felt like I didn't really even get their character and like their deal and Tolkien takes some time in this chapter to like flesh that out a bit more mm-hmm. so I liked that too because I felt like they're probably some of the most underutilized characters at this point like I feel like I know a lot about Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas have their own quirks that we become very familiar with but up until this chapter, if you were like, describe Merry and Pippin, I'd be like, there are hobbits. Yep. Um, and I, I always I, had I the impression that we get more. Yeah, no, I agree. And differentiating their, their personalities a bit more in, in this chapter is great because honestly, my impression of them up to now has mostly been they're the two idiots in the background sharing a single brain cell mm-hmm. as they do their hobbit thing. So mm-hmm. now that it's just them, they... They're, they get to use that brain cell, and one of them's like, "I know the maps," and the other one's like, "I know how to, I know how to actually go somewhere." Yes. Together, we're a functioning adult. But yeah, going back to what 
what you were saying earlier, Connor, and I think we talked about this last episode too a little bit, even just for the first two chapters. But uh, so so far, it has been cool to get different perspectives and and you know what these characters are like without the main guys. You know, right. the main guys are still gone, and so it's it's <clears throat> nice seeing them in 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 dire straits with with only their own resourcefulness uh to use instead of fucking gandalf and frodo yeah 100 percent. yeah i I really like that point and i know that all our copies are going to be different but like four chapters read in my copy i'm 90 pages through this book and there hasn't been one sentence of what Frodo and Sam are up to yet. Yeah. That's a really cool way of like building that tension. I really like that Tolkien has been holding off so far again, like nearly a hundred pages in no one really knows what the fuck's happening with them. Um, as a lifelong movie fan, I know what the big picture is here. Yeah, someone would call you a, a movie buff. Some people <laughs> a call movie you buff, a, right. movie, a movie buff. But as a first-time book reader, I really appreciate like um, not a book buff that that like Moffat style art of withholding, as they say, mm-hmm. to uh, to build up to that point. I still don't know if we're even going to get to that in the next two chapters. So yeah, no, I I um, agree with you. Totally. Yeah, that's cool. Almost, yeah. I mean, no, kind of similar in the way, similar in the way of like, oh, when's Gandalf gonna show up? You know, and in, mm-hmm. in like the first one, but uh, right. <laughs> so yeah, Tolkien's pretty good at that. Um, you guys want to take a type five? Because I got a piss. Do you, <laughs> can I you mean, wait? Got, can you wait a solid five and we can finish up this chapter, or is it like a yeah? I only got like. Two and a half. There we go. Remember I I think, the last time I said, I said oh, no. I think we're, I, no, we can't. We gotta. I mean, we still have one more note. We still have one more note. We gotta we pretty much. We pretty much always are like, sure, type five whenever you need, buddy. But I mean, like, we're literally. I think Josh has like one thing left to say. Like, I'm done here. All right. Know? So we'll 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 get yeah. back to Josh's thought in five minutes. We're going on a type five. Oh my fucking! No. Did you guys get the meme that I sent? Yeah, are we I recording or? Yeah, I said three, two, one. Did you get the meme that I sent? Oh, um, let me know what you think. I didn't get it. Check. I don't. This just has nothing to do with anything. Connor, can no, you read and explain it? No. Why? What point does this have to anything we're Hold on, in Josh. the podcast? Let, let You're just cook. completely derailing the podcast after derailing the podcast. Let, let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> it says um so it's a picture of uh peter griffin from family guy. and for, right of family guy fame and no, he has like Anatomy. this really sad expression bloodshot eyes this really dark five o'clock shadow he clearly hasn't been taking care of himself pit stains <laughs> no. not taking care of himself it says when he a freak, but you low-key empty. <laughs> and I just don't think it has anything to do with what we're discussing tonight, with Josh, anything we've talked about. Josh, what do you think? What do you think about it? 
what Connor just said. It no, has no. nothing to do with what no, we're talking think about. about it in I, terms, think about it in terms of as if um, Peter Griffin was, in this case, Mary or Pippin. Maybe Mary. I think they. Uh, I think it's. I think that's. It, it's like that's how Mary was was feeling. Maybe he's looking when? over at Pippin. Yeah, when that's, that's what he thinks. When was he feeling that way? Do you think when he woke up from you know being dragged around? <laughs> I don't okay. know why. I don't know why you cho- you choose to do this shit. You know, I mean, we have a very clear goal and focus in mind with this podcast. Do we? It's just to be like three regular guys, chumps, if you will. Yeah. And we just like talk about books and shit. And you got to send this meme. It's not even a meme. Well, no, it's 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 really? about it's it's about when he a freak, but you Loki empty. <laughs> what do you you know? What do you think about that? As the person who clearly stumbled across this and chose to send it to us, it feels like you probably had some thoughts of your own. I right? told, I already explained it. I I explained it about it. No, no, being... I'm, not, I'm not asking you to explain anything. Well, I think well, we're all pretty clear about what it is, and you, you were just kind and of asking the, the purpose saying, of it. I'm saying thoughts. I'm saying, what does it elicit within you? What does it stir within your own humanity? Um, an ancient beast that uh, you know I've tried to stifle. I've tried to. <laughs> I've tried to keep at bay but sometimes it just uh when when i see art like this it it uh makes itself be known (laughs) yep exactly wow so it kind of is like ugh look a freak (laughs) but mary low key empty yes yes that's yeah it is that makes that sometimes makes uh, that makes don't validate this bullshit. sometimes it really do be that way it you do, know it do it uh, do peter knows mary knows ugluck knows um <laughs> josh knows deep down in, in his heart of hearts right in, no. in the primal stirring of his humanity <laughs> yes <laughs> Okay, Josh, what were your uh, closing notes you wanted to get to on this chapter so we can discuss oh, the second God. chapter? And I wanted to get to 15 minutes ago? Yeah, let's see here. Um, yeah. Let's see. Most um, of that time was because uh, we took a tight five-minute break, but it ended up <laughs> being a lot longer than five minutes. Be it careful what you fucking wish for, buddy. I was trying to say let's no, no. not take a break. It wasn't because of uh, the what what we were what I brought up. It, that was not the majority. I'm not saying no, no. I know that's not what you were gonna say. I'm saying you were like, hey, let's take a five-minute break. I was like, hey. Let's finish up this chapter discussion first, and then you were like, "Oh well, we're kind of waiting on Connor." It took longer than five minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, because we did we we called it a type five, but you it, you took more than five minutes, definitely. Yeah, sometimes that happens, buddy. Okay, you get up to take what is supposed to be a five minute break, you find yourself in the midst of something. Have when I, I get ever up, done that? When I yes, you have <laughs> many a time. When I get up from what I like to call the command station. Yeah. 
I don't where, where know go what I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna. You don't get to see the bottom half of me, by the no, way. It's just shirt for up. For a reason. For a reason. Sometimes not even a shirt. Yeah, I, it's, true. It's, it's true. true too. It's true too. I don't know what I'm gonna run into out there. Okay, like yeah, Could my goal of course is five minutes, but I mean this is the real world, buddy. Yeah, it's true. There, I mean, there are three other organisms you could run into, and all of them, you know, it's it's important for me to divvy up my time. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You 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 want to give them all a uh, a good old spoonful of you, you know. <laughs> Josh, what were we gonna? Can we finish this fucking chapter? Because I want to talk about the Please. goddamn fucking trees and shit. Yeah, same. Yeah. All right. So uh, there's Thank a line you, here where Barry well, saying. Oh, no, actually, you know what? I'm sorry, Josh. I, I really am. This is a real, genuine apology to you because I think you and I we have the same goal in mind. But Connor is saying <laughs> that's what he wants too. I find that fucking hard I, to believe. No, I love the I tree find guy. that fucking hard to believe that you want the same thing because you're listen, not acting like it. Listen, listen. I love the tree guy. I want to talk. You think I didn't like the second chapter more than the, this fucking chapter? Of course I did. I don't know. They were stuck in a forest the whole well, chapter. Here's here's. It's a diff. It's different, Josh. It's different. <laughs> um. Well, I look forward to hearing how it's different when we get to that chapter. There's a certain point. When we do podcasts, you know, usually after the hour mark, you know, hour 15, where, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it, 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 uh, I go through the, uh, the portal into no man's land. And here we are. We just got to do, do the best we can with it. You know, is this, is this what's happened? You've crossed the threshold. I've crossed the threshold. Yes. Through the event horizon. Mm-hmm. So mm. you know, I don't apologize, but just just an explanation. All right. You All know right. what I really appreciate that about that is that you admitted to it yourself. Yes. That you said it had to do with you, and you took responsibility for your actions. That's what I appreciate about what you said. So thank you, Josh. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind you of have, what I you have the do. floor. That's kind of what I you always do. F- Josh, you officially and completely have the floor. I promise I won't say a word. Uh, go ahead. And if he does, I will. That's why I waited. Lose it. <laughs> you okay, nothing. Okay. So there's a line here where Mary's saying. Uh, you seem to have been doing well, Master Toop. Uh, you will most, you will get almost a chapter in Old Bilbo's book if ever I get a chance to report to him. And seeing as we're currently reading that supposed chapter, it seems that he did get it, and perhaps Murray was able to report back to Bilbo. <laughs> so major spoiler. Um, foreshadowing. Perhaps. Well, maybe maybe Mary writes a letter. That, yeah, there, there's other ways of of the information reaching Bilbo. You're right. Um, and then I just had a quick thing about 
there seem to be beards of lichen on the trees. Hmm, that's weird that they have some anthropomorphic uh, feature on them. Hmm. Uh, and I also did think that the last paragraph or two were were rather poetic for the end of a chapter, even for Tolkien. Um, is that where it talks about like Aomir being the one to kill Ugluk and all that? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the third marshal of the Mark who dismounted and fought him sword to sword. And over the wide fields, the keen-eyed riders hunted down the few orcs that had escaped and still had strength to fly. Then when all, then when they had laid their fallen comrades in a mound and had sung their praises, the riders made a great fire and scattered the ashes of their enemies. So ended the raid, and no news of it came ever back to either Mordor or to Isengard. Uh, but the smoke of the burning rose high to heaven and was seen by many watchful eyes. Hmm. Yeah, I do like that. And I took the very, very last line as kind of ominous, like seen by many watchful eyes. Sauron has been described very specifically as like the most watchful of all. So I kind of wondered if if it was um, also maybe pointing to it's like, you know, it, it isn't just your allies witnessing this. It's your enemies as well. Yeah, I actually took it the other direction uh, like just like bystanders who just happen to look up and just see the smoke and have no idea what it's about, but they, they saw it. So just like a farmer off on the horizon or even just like a flock of crows in the forest. Just they're watching, but they don't know what truly happened there. They yeah. Know what true. deeds have been commit? What, what deeds have been done. So, and especially, you know, off, you know, of the last chapter where Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, you know, they're still trying to figure out what happened to Merry and Pippin. All the Aemir and the Riders of Rohan, they're like, everyone is dead. Like, everyone, everyone. We killed them. And they're like, no, come on, not the Hobbits, you know. Um, And so it, it also feels like it kind of adds another layer to that moment that we had read previously. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think this was a really cool chapter. I really, uh, we, I'm happy with what we got to discuss and break down. I think the big parts are like the focus on the orcs, which is interesting. Like, I didn't really think we were going to get that. And then yeah. the perspective shift of the, the, you know, these moments that we read about in the last chapter as well. So that's all really cool. And then that brings us into the next chapter, chapter four, Treebeard, where we hmm. continue. We some beards on trees. I know. What's up with that? <laughs> so we don't shift our perspective here. We continue on with Mary and Pippin into this next chapter as they, they follow the river into uh, Fangorn Forest. And as they explore, they run into Treebeard, who is an Ent, which is like, kind of like a, like not quite a living tree, like a, like a tree troll sort of thing. Um, And Treebeard is like, you know, hey, you know, whatever you guys are up to, why don't you just kind of 
link up with me for a bit. We'll see what happens. Connor, I think there's, him back. there's actually I think there's an issue with my with my book because uh, the weird thing, you know, you're saying that he talked and like said different lines and stuff, but he he did say a lot, but all that he said was I am Groot. I had that exact note. That's all he said. So I might have a different, like an updated copy or something. I don't know. <laughs> Connor, you get it? That's the equivalent of texting me a fucking Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the first where Connor and I had the same note. Yeah, I don't. Effectively, <laughs> of I am Groot. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I, I did not have that note. I did it, not it think actually, about that. Actually, that you didn't think note. of Groot when the giant tree man appeared and started talking to everybody? <laughs> I said earlier that I take no notes, but that one actually was a note that I took today. Right there. You there. wrote that <laughs> down? Yeah. Like you were going to forget? Like it's you were literally like, oh, wow, the only I line. I've got to share that on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the only line on the screen when he showed it to us. <laughs> My God. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no. Um,. You must have a weird copy because, you know, mine's a little different. He has a bit more to say than that. Um, And and, uh, so Treebeard and Merry and Pippin, they go back to like his tree home and Merry and Pippin recount their adventure up to that point, omitting some important things like not talking about the ring and, you know, but, you know, giving Treebeard the the gist of what happened. Treebeard is like, wow, it's getting really bad out there. You know, like, uh, we Ents don't really do that much, but, like, we're aware of these things that are happening, and it sounds like it's pretty bad, so we're going to call, like, a tree meeting. A treating, if you will. Which, um... No, no, it's an Ent moot. You're right. (laughs) An Ent moot. There's a name for that, of course. So... Keep going. They, I, I got another, a new note. They do that uh, the next day, and it takes like three days of tree meeting because like their language is very long and drawn out, and you know I'm sure we'll talk about that too. Um, mm-hmm. So Mary and Pippin kind of have to like pass the time, but it does ultimately culminate in the Ents deciding to, in Tolkien's words, rouse themselves and. Um, take the fight to Saruman and Isengard itself, because Saruman specifically, as like the neighbor of Fangorn Forest, has has been very actively and deliberately destroying the forest. And it sounds like you know, in in regards to building his own army. So the answer, like, enough with this shit. We're not just gonna sit by idle while this happens. So Merry and Pippin are kind of like the inception point, the instigators for the Ents, which are sort of like these personifications of the forest itself to go like, okay, we're going to fight back. And the chapter ends with Treebeard, Merry and Pippin on his shoulders, and then like an army of 50 or so or more, kind of kind of unsure at the end, but I mean like at least yep. 50 Ents and maybe a whole bunch of like trees, living trees, are like, okay, let's go fucking fight Saruman. Let's fucking do it. 
and then the chapter ends. We don't know where that really leads us yet. Yet. Yeah. I, I got the impression that trees and ants are separate entities, but, like, because Treebeard keeps talking about how the ants became more tree-like. And I think the trees yeah. are more of, like, a sedentary, like, end-of-life stage for the ants. I think that's exactly it, yeah. But they're also their own, like, they're just trees at the same time. Yeah. It is a little weird, because they... He also mentions that the ants are like shepherds to trees the way that man is like sheep herders to sheep so like they also kind of look after the trees as well but they they are like connected and related in a way and i kind of got the impression they're they're like the elves for trees like elves elves are to humans as ants are to trees it's kind of like part of the impression i got yeah i i do think it is a bit like that for sure if if an elf um, if if in that regard like an elf is sort of like a high like a, a transcending of man in a way then an ent is that for a tree yeah yeah and and like I think Treebeard talks about how like the ents like like not curated but like guided the other races with language and stuff at the very beginning um and, and that's that that's kind of where the shepherding kind of metaphor kind of led me to make neck comparison with the ants and the elves yeah although i think an important point again as someone who read it today on that note it's the elves that teach the ants and the trees themselves basically like how to talk so i think it's more that right. like maybe that's what i was confusing it with so the the ants and the trees like are already communicating with each other and this is in like the distant past what i think i don't even know if this is true but if this story takes place in the third age this would have to be like the first or the second age very long ago in in middle earth history and so like the the trees and the ants already had their own language which is a big part of this chapter but the elves like teach them how to communicate with like like interspecies like with other with 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 other elves and so on and so forth okay yeah i can see that a lot of interpretation here yeah i mean it's not necessary i don't i don't think it's like spelled out like super clearly like this is exactly how it went down right right but that's the impression that I got. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. I don't mean to derail where you're going with that, if, if that, you know. No, that's pretty much my whole point, so. All right. Connor, you wanted to talk about, like, the tree people and shit. Yeah, I know. I thought they were, uh, very cool. Um, I like, uh... What? What's the? Oh yeah, Treebeard. Treebeard. He had, and that's you know another cool thing is he has like a bunch of different names, uh, which is he does. another fun Tolkienism. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I think it's it's a great addition. I was very happy with his character. He's very cool, kind of a big friendly giant kind of guy, and um, you know. Kind of takes things 
all of the ends or most of the ends take things at a very leisurely pace you know yes and uh so it's you know it's something i admire really i think uh yeah we we, we could all learn to you, you know chill out and slow down a little bit maybe do you do you feel like you live your life in any like any kind of fashion or is that something that you you would want to incorporate more I, I I live my life in in much haste, you know. Um, so yeah, definitely. I I, I could definitely use a, a more end like lifestyle. Gotcha. And then, but but they're not pushovers either, you know. Mhm. They're they're charged into battle, and uh, are very strong. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was a really fun chapter. It was one yeah. that that um, kept they me also just, kept me engaged. They also yeah. just like lost their wives. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. They all just lost their wives, which is very sad. But um, it happens. It does happen. Yeah, but there, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's kind of a strange society where it's like all the boys want to go out and. Uh, adventure Garden. in the woods and the girls the 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 women oh right right grew these beautiful gardens or whatever and then ch- changed over time you know um it's interesting yeah there's very clear roles and distinctions between them for the ants and so yeah like one day they they look around they're like there's no women any there's just nobody (laughs) they're all gone um and it it was actually a really funny moment because treebeard is like we lost the ent wives and pippin is like i'm so sorry how did they die and he's like i didn't say they died (laughs) we lost them (laughs) have you seen them (laughs) (laughs) that was uh but that that was like some very cheeky uh, comedy there from Tolkien, which yeah. I don't think we get as like that was definitely more present in The Hobbit, and it, it was funny I think to yeah. see it crop up a bit here in uh, in this chapter. Yeah, I liked definitely. That too. <laughs> um, what was I gonna mention? The ends. I don't know. I do like the, sure. the description of the end language that we get it, oh, without oh. actually like showing a lot of it. There's like a few lines where you see what it kind of looks, where he tries to describe what it sounds like. Yeah. But most of the, most of what we know about the language comes from uh, just him describing how it sounds. You're right. And okay, Josh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I have an announcement to make. You know how as we've been reading through Tolkien, we'll get these things where it's like, check out appendix, whatever the fuck, on page, whatever the fuck, and we're like... Did you read ahead? I would not be so hasty, (laughs) like a hobbit or something, to say that I read ahead. What I chose to do for the first time was actually check the appendix, which is, as we have theorized... In the book, in Return in the of the King, book. okay, that's what I thought. So in this chapter, when it says like 
read Appendix F about Ents. I actually read Appendix F about Ents. And as a matter of fact, I have my copy of Return of the King here because I was wondering if you would like me to relay I, I just what pulled it mine says. out. I do see Appendix F now. All right. So we get, um, where was I? Oh, here we go. So it says, of other races, Ents. The most ancient people surviving in the Third Age were the Onodrim, or the Aeneid. Ent was the form of their name in the language of Rohan. They were known to the Eldar in ancient days, and to the Eldar, indeed the Ents ascribed not their own language, but the, but the desire for speech. The language that they had made was unlike all others, slow, sonorous, agglomerated, repetitive, Indeed, long-winded, formed of a multiplicity of vowel shades and distinctions of tone and quantity, which even the lore masters of the Eldar had not attempted to represent in writing. They used it only among themselves, but they had no need to keep it secret, for no others could learn it. Ents were, however, themselves skilled in tongues, learning them swiftly and never forgetting them. But they preferred the languages of the Eldar, and loved best the ancient High Elven tongue. The strange words and names that the hobbits record as used by Treebeard and other Ents are thus Elvish, or fragments of Elf speech strung together in Ent fashion. And then, within this footnote, there's actually another footnote that leads you to the bottom of the page, which yep. gets to what Josh was saying, and I'll read this part, and then we'll I'll wrap up the... You know, the footnote here. It says, except where the hobbits seem to have made some attempts to represent the shorter murmurs and calls made by the Ents. Alala, Lala, Rumba, Hamada, Lindor, Barime also is not elvish and is the only extant, probably very inaccurate, attempt to represent a fragment of actual Entish. <laughs> so it is interesting because Tolkien even mentions here what you're reading in the book itself isn't even necessarily what they're saying. It's what the hobbits record as what they recall to be their language. And so we get more of Tolkien like incorporating that framing device of the Red Book of Westmarch and all that shit back into the story that you're reading itself. You know, reminding you again, like, this is not just some omniscient narrator recalling the events exactly as they happened. These are the hobbits writing the story that you're reading after the events themselves have occurred. Right. And that's part of the text. It's an important part of the text. And he calls attention to it again here. So I, I just checked. This this part that I'm holding up is the entire, like all the appendices. And this is the story of Return to the King. <laughs> so it's almost like a third of the book is appendixes. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, I don't think it's going to be like when we read Dune and we just kind of casually read through the appendix. I think the appendix here is much no, sorry, more meant to be it's it's much more meant to be referenced 
rather than like red necessarily as yeah there's some family trees in there and i saw something about durance folk so i'll probably read through that when we get to the end of the return of the king before we we talk we'll see yeah well anyways there we have it i mean i finally i I was like i'm i i did finally uh decide be like you know i should at least check so that's exactly what we thought there you have it mm-hmm. so tree beard and languages and tree shit and you know all that <laughs> josh what are your notes here what do we got going on he calls saruman young <laughs> oh my god i have the same fucking note i put tree beard calls saruman young lol i just said young saruman lol <laughs> yeah <laughs> Did we both put LOL as part of our note? Because that's also yep. pretty funny. Yep. God. <laughs> Such fucking nerds. Um, and he's just yeah. like, what is Gandalf up to? And, uh, d- 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 yeah, he's just, he talks out even these, like, really old, wise characters. It's just, like, youngsters compared mm-hmm. to him, which I always find that amusing when uh, you, you introduce, like, a really old character. Yeah, it's really great world building and really you know i'm glad that that tolkien you know had had thought to incorporate that because sometimes i feel like there's definitely been times where you know characters speak a certain way and it doesn't really feel like it's coming from what we're told their perspective is and so i'm glad that treebeard's perspective is in line with his dialogue it makes a lot of sense and it, it, it is funny, because we have every reason to believe Saruman and Gandalf are, like, very ancient themselves. Yep. And then, of course, Treebeard is very dismissive of them. They're youngsters. <laughs> exactly. Which is just really... I think when we talk about, like, Tolkien's world building, it's small moments like that that really jump out to me, where it's like, oh, yeah, like... You know, that might have been really novel in the 50s. Like, I can see how something like that could have a real impact to showcase just how old Treebeard himself is. So I, I thought the same thing, Josh. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Let's see. What else do I have here? Um, when he's first introducing himself, Treebo- Treebeard introduces himself as originally as Fangorn, uh, which is his name according to some, but Treebeard others make it, and Treebeard will do. But isn't Fangor the name of the forest that they're in as well? Right. So is he basically saying he is the forest? And the this introduction of him actually gave me a lot of uh, uh, Doctor Who and uh, a character from Star Wars Rebels called the Bendu, like vibes of like those kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Bendu. I saw that guy. Okay, yeah. So I, I very much was hearing him with, uh, uh, going to butcher the name, Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, uh, with his voice. Uh, but also saying stuff like uh, the original one, you might say, or just like, I'm the one <laughs> in the middle. I can see that. Right. So that, that was kind of how Treebeard sounded to me when I was reading this. That is cool. I can definitely, you know, as being a bit more familiar with the Star Wars side, I can definitely see the Bendu parallels. So that's a cool thing to shout out. Yeah, especially since the Bendu is a 
when depicted is uh like part of the environment yeah i remember him with like kind of like sort of built out of rock and like has like yeah, these it was antlers like a, almost yeah it's like a antler coral rock thing right which was exactly. which is like the terrain All that he was things. that they found him in yeah yeah hey you know if only these guys, the you know, the ends were still around with all this climate change going on, right? Well, Tolkien sure. would say that they are still around, but they have been fully treeified. Yeah, I think you're meant to consider. Well, then they better fucking wake up, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think we're meant to consider like how we've talked about Dune is supposed to be the far future of humanity. Middle Earth is supposed to be the very ancient past. Yes. And and so this is in a way an origin story for trees. And as well. I, I you know, I mean, if if they can untreeify, which seems to be kind of possible, maybe Right, it does. I mean it's about time they should wake up because we're we're doing bad. I know. You gotta fight back, <laughs> but, please. The question is, where is the Marion Pippin to ignite that spark? Yeah. You know? Could be us. It could be us. The, the trees don't do it on their own, buddy. They don't. We gotta <laughs> someone's gotta poke the tree. Mm-hmm. Wake up, wake up, little buddy. <laughs> every time every time you know I get drunk and I go out there and I piss on a tree it's because I'm trying to <laughs> save the environment exactly. I'm yeah. trying to do everything I can to wake them up it's for the world you, you I mean now that's climate activism that's what I told the officers <laughs> and you might not be surprised to hear they they were not very receptive to my message. Well, it's like, so, it's like guys, guys, nope. would you rather me do this or or block a highway? You know, or <laughs> or throw soup on a painting? Like, what would you? What, what do you want me to do here? Come on, this right. Th those are the only three options, after all. It's only those three. This makes your job so, easy. Come on, you got to pick. You know, <laughs> real quick. Um, Josh was also mentioning, um, something about the trees. Fuck. Um, uh, trees is like an end stage for the ants. Oh, 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 thank you. Well, okay. Not quite that, but you were saying, Hey, uh, Treebeard also says he's known as Fangorn. Oh, yeah. Is Treebeard saying, you know, that, that he's like, he is the, the forest. forest? You know, is he the personification of the forest? I think, like, in short, the way that I took it was, yes, but also thinking about it, like, backwards a little bit. My, my thought was also... Oh, Fangorn, as the name of the forest, probably came from Treebeard first. Because that, he describes this thought, age yeah. of, like, you know, when the Ents were much more prolific and well-known amongst, like, you know, the, the ancient race of men. And so it's like, oh, you know, would it not also make sense that Fangorn comes from Treebeard himself? The forest is named after him right. specifically. Yeah, I also had that thought. I just didn't write it down nearly as succinctly. So, 
but I, you know, I think, you know, both, I think Treebeard is meant to be, I, all of the Ents, you know, are, it's essentially Tolkien, I mean, like, how much more blunt can you get in your, like, representation of nature versus man, or man versus, you know, than to literally just be like, the trees are alive, and they're going to destroy the enemy <laughs> that represents industrialization. It's like, whoa, Tolkien, like, slow down there, buddy. We get it. Um, you know, I, I know we were talking, it's like, oh, what are the themes intended here? It's like, Tolkien pretty clearly has a love of the pastoral and he is wary of technology and human development. Not to say that he's against it, but that he's like skeptical because I think I think that kind of goes back to the whole deal with the ring itself. If the ring is a stand-in for power, when people acquire power, you know, What's the most likely thing that's going to happen? They're going to do bad shit. And so as right. technology ever increases and people get more, more power through it, what's the most likely thing that would occur from, you know, ever more powerful technological development? Bad things. And so I think that's partly why Tolkien seems to have this... Um, uh, I don't know. Preference sounds like a dumb word, but like, you know, preference for like a, a simpler, more uh, natural kind of coexistence with the world rather than like using it, you know, bending it to your will to create something else. It's like, well, wouldn't the ideal state of human existence be to live in peace with these things rather than to use it as resources. Mm -hmm. This feels like a chapter where that message is like really being shouted at us. So for what it's worth talking about themes and Tolkien, um, I think it's also a big chapter for that, but um, let's continue. What else do you got, Josh? Uh, Tom Bobbio gets a shout out uh, in the second book. Yes. Oh yeah, I didn't even really think about that. Are they gonna? But that's are, when Mary and Pippin, right? Are they are gonna cut Groot from the movie too? <laughs> we'll see. What? <laughs> are they gonna cut out Groot from the movie like they did Tom Bombadil? <laughs> uh, You're just gonna have to wait and see, buddy. Because I'll be pissed. Wow. <laughs> well, what what a return to form this is. Hey, that's a pretty cool cover, man. Yeah, that is cool. Connor, do you have your copy nearby? What does yours look like? Uh, it's boring. I'll show you. I mean, it's a, it's okay, but it's nothing. It's nothing special. Oh, it has it has the two, two towers, towers the, on the, it. Yeah, the, what do you know? Some winged creature. Two titular towers. Indeed. Titular <laughs> Mine looks towers. exactly exactly the same as my last copy. They're all the same. My Return of the King copy looks the same too. That's cool. Uh, oh. Interesting. Yeah, Josh, your, yours is cool. I really like that uh, 
Treebeard yeah, the, the Fellowship has a as an illustration of a hobbit hiding from the Nazgul, like on the side of the road. Right. And Fellowship has who I assume to be Aragorn on a horse with a bunch of very uh, disturbing looking orcs and goblins surrounding him. So hmm. it should be interesting. Yeah, we still have a lot of story ahead of us. Yep. So I have four more notes left. And it's getting okay, late. sure. I'm getting a little tired. Lightning round. Um, I mean, hey, plus you got Star Wars to watch after this, man. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mentioned earlier, but they call it they they call the meeting of the the ends an ent moot, um, and it's taking place uh, where they've always met, which the men call Derndingle. And my note here is, well, Entmoot was just a silly enough name, but now they're meeting at Derndingle, and that's even sillier. Josh, did you visit Derndingle while while you were in Ireland? No, but I was. This is what I said earlier when I had a new note. I was giggling to myself the entire time because there was a peninsula called Dingle Peninsula <laughs> near where we were. So I, I saw like brochures for like Dingle Aquarium and stuff, and I just couldn't help but giggle to myself whenever I read the word Dingle. Okay. So when when Treebeard first says Dern Dingle, I'm like, all right, Tolkien made up a dumb fantasy name. But you keep reading yep. the chapter. I swear to God, Tolkien writes the word dingle 10 times. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, what the fuck is a dingle? So I looked it up. Connor. A dingle is a word. Don't show us those pictures, please. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Peter Griffin. Don't worry. <laughs> a dingle is a word. Uh, it is a deep wooded valley or dell. So this is another strange anachronism of reading this incredibly influential, super popular book from the 50s. Mm -hmm. Dingle probably didn't seem that weird back then. Dingle was a word in popular use. But now no one's going to fucking say dingle. You're going to say a valley. But a dingle is a real word that people used. Yep. Yeah, it's like you know how they. So like, it does seem dumb. D- you know, you have to start calling Valley Girls Dingle Girls. I think that's where Dairy Girls came from. Ding. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a combination of Valley and Dingle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? One of the stops on the Ring of Carry tour that we were on uh, stopped at the Bay of Dingle in in Ireland. And, and I am certain that that must have been a valley of some kind. Um, I mean, it was a bay. So, yes, it was in the valley between a couple of mountains. But <laughs> there you have it. It was also pretty funny because my family is a bunch of 12-year-olds at heart. And a bunch of dingles. Pun- no, there's a couple of uh, uh, Connor, like raspberry please. bushes All right, on the side of the road. So my dad picks a berry. He's like, I'm glad I found a berry at Dingle. Classic. Good stuff. Yeah. What a rascal. <laughs> so yeah, then my next note Wiley is uh, yeah, they, they mention another great dingle, like on the next page. So I'm just like, alright. Dern dingle's funny enough, but now now it's a great dingle. Yes. So, 
Uh, oh, we already did the neat troll lore, so Big my last dingle note energy. is... <laughs> uh, my last note is oh, ah, so the Ents take the hobbits to Isengard. Yeah, that Connor, you know that song. We talked about that before, right? Yes, we did. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. To Isengard. To Isengard. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for singing it. I sent you guys that, didn't I? You did, yeah. I think so. Did you watch it? And you've sung it too. I don't think so. Did you did you watch it, Connor? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's, a fuck, it's a fucking yes or no question. I mean, if you don't know, then I, I, I kind of get the feeling you when, didn't. When was it sent? I don't... Four or five weeks ago. Yeah, I have terrible short-term memory, Connor. I don't think I... I don't know if I did or not. All right. I, I, I think you've seen... I think you have sung it to me before. I probably have. <clears throat> I'm certain you I did, have. But that's all I got. Okay. Four or five well, weeks anyways, ago. Well, anyways, it is. Like, what? Do you remember that far back? <laughs> yeah. Right. Might, might, might as well have been the, the first age of men in the, in the distant <laughs> past when trees will, were still learning language. Exactly. Five weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. Let me see if I have anything else I, I want to uh, touch on here. Okay. Um. Oh, so we kind of talked about how... These books, their framing devices that they're they're written after the journey's actually actually completed by the characters, right? And so it's kind of funny. There's this moment when they they first meet Treebeard. They describe Treebeard's eyes, and there's this line. It's like Pippin, you know, would go on to try and describe the moment of Treebeard's eyes, you know for as long as he lived. And then we actually get the description of what he described them as in the future in the text. We we immediately jump to Pippin in the future recounting what their first meeting was like. And that that like juxtaposition there of going from okay this is like the present that you're reading and this is what he's going to recount in the future written down in the same text that you're reading because again all of this (laughs) is from the future really right was another interesting like trick of the writing that that tolkien's been doing so i thought that was cool um i also liked again like in their first moments of meeting Treebeard and Merry and Pippin. Merry and Pippin have been like, you know, they don't want to get killed, obviously. So even when they're escaping the orcs, they're like, we can't just run off because the riders of Rohan might think we're orcs and then kill us. When they first meet Treebeard, Treebeard is like, oh, you know, if I didn't hear you first, I probably would have just killed you and then realized you weren't orcs at all. Ha ha ha. So <laughs> even Treebeard is like, oh, yeah, I almost just accidentally fucking killed you thinking you were orcs. And not only that, I was thinking about how the Hobbit's unassuming nature is, like, always the thing that 
protects them or like is there because like Treebeard, Treebeard describes himself, you know, he's only he's one of three of the first Ents. That's something we didn't touch on. Like there's other Ents. Right. But Treebeard himself is one of the first. He's like the oldest fucking Ent. So it's like essentially like going into the woods and running across like a demigod. Like Treebeard isn't just yeah. any old talking tree. He's actually really fucking important. He's Treesus. He's exactly. <laughs> so, so when um, Mary and Pippin meet Treebeard, they're like, holy shit, a talking tree. And when Treebeard meets Mary and Pippin, he's like, holy shit, a creature I've never even heard of or seen before in like my many, many ages yeah. of existence. The thing that like saves them is that they're so unremarkable and so unknowable that like this long-lived godlike forest creature is like, I was gonna fucking kill you, but I've never heard of you in my life. And my life is very long. That's strange. What yeah. are you? So they have very different like very different like perspectives on on that meeting but it kind of ends up being the same thing for for both of them um but that was kind of cool um and i think the only other thing i wanted to mention is that treebeard speculates that the orakai might be a crossbreed of men and orcs oh yeah i do remember that which now, that's, uh, when you say crossbreed, what happened there? <laughs> We're back to doing, baby. Um, yeah, oh. he doesn't. I mean, the the story isn't framed where it's like tree beards, right? He knows exactly what's happening. Like, it's very clear that he's speculating and he doesn't really know what the deal is. But it is interesting that he throws it out there as an idea at all, because in the movie we just watched, the Peter Jackson film, like, the whole destruction of the forest and the creation of the Orakai is, like, very clearly shown to be one and the same. The reason the forest is being destroyed is so the Urukai can be made. That could absolutely be true here too. But it's not laid out there as certainly for us in the books at this point. So it's funny that Treebeard is like, hey, what if the Urukai actually come from like orcs and people like fucking each other? It's like, well, maybe. Sorry. Holy shit, Josh has all the Dune books. I just Whoa. remembered. So, unfortunately, what? Uh, an, an uncle of mine passed away a few weeks ago. Um, Sorry. And we had, it turned out we had some very similar interests. And when my aunt was cleaning out the uh, basement and garage, uh, they had a lot of uh, books that I, I would be interested in, including most of the Doom books. Well, that um, means you I was, have I, to read them, though. You just got all the yeah. Doom books from your recently deceased uncle? You have to read yes. them for him. I, I mean, yeah, I do. Um, I also, I don't know if you can see it, 
That's like all Isaac Asimov right there. That like foot tall tower of books. Oh my goodness. Uh, You're going to be reading your Isaac Asimov. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a bunch of Carl Sagan and uh, surprisingly more Lord of the Rings copies. I have two copies of Lord of the Rings in my library. Oh my God. Um, I need I need to get a new fucking bookshelf so I can put all these books up. Hell yeah! Nice. All right. Well, I'm sorry that your your, your uncle died, but those are some really cool books. Yeah, um, I wish I knew him better, but uh, yeah, you you mentioning Dune again just reminded me like, oh shit, they're like I have them all, and they're right behind me. I should- Hell yeah! Let us know when you start Messiah, dude. It's all Dune in the end, man. Everything I've ever, you know, since reading Dune, everything I've ever read, everything I've ever done, I'm like, wow, how does this relate to Dune? And it always does. It always comes oh, back shit. to Dune. Stephen Hawking. Dune. It's really Stephen Hawking's really just it's Dune, just yeah. Dune. It's all it's all Dune. Sorry. Oh, these are the foundation books. Oh, cool. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, the foundation of Dune is more like yeah, it. Yeah, very very <laughs> indebted to Dune. I don't know if, when those came out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's matter. All, That's the thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The Iliad. It's all, it's all doomed, baby. It's all doomed. <laughs> it's all doomed to me. Yes, indeed. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us right there. But uh... no, no. That's. I mean, I was finishing up uh, my last point there. I, I'm all. I'm all done with discussing the the chapter in terms of the specific notes. I, I do As think it's kind of funny. You know, this last chapter, like, ending chapter three with Mary and Pippin making their escape, going into the forest, I was like, wow, we are perfectly set up for a classic getting lost in the woods chapter. This is all going to be classic Tolkien getting lost in the woods. Turns out it's all about the woods finding Mary and Pippin. He really <laughs> flipped it, it on its head, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Absolutely, dude. You're right. You're right. So, like uh, yeah, both, both cool. these chapters both these chapters were cool. You know, none of them, neither of them were getting lost in the woods bullshit. You know, they, I, I think they both really effectively either gave us more insight on what we've already read about or, like, really propelled the plot forward. So... Yeah. Very interested to see what happens next. As always, is there anything else about these chapters or the book in general we want to shout out before we wrap up here? Nope. No, I think we covered most of the stuff. I mean, like I said, it's been like three weeks as I read, so... Right, and so again, Josh, you're welcome that Connor and I read today. It was for <laughs> your benefit. I think Josh and I are pretty much at the same point. I just like his memory three weeks later is is, is as good as mine. A few hours later, <laughs> three hours then later, you're, then you're both welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, hey, um, actually, talking about Dune, we should do a, a Dune dudes episode about the delay, about the Dune movie delay. And how fucked up it is for the for the actors and everyone else that works on those productions to to want fair wages. Yeah. I'm sure by the time we release this episode in three weeks, it'll feel really timely. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember you said it. Like people who be listening to this later would find it seamless. It's like. 
have we actually been putting episodes out? Or has no, there also been like a month long nothing. It's been a communications blackout. I so. think, uh, uh, well, I mean, really, whoever, it's like not, it's like whoever is posting on the Twitter account, really, that's to blame <laughs> for the lack of transparency. How am I going to post an episode? I don't know what to do. No, oh, no, I'm saying Whatever. that, that like, it, it, it's explain to the public that, you know, we're You're uh, right, you're right. We're not. I can explain to the public and our many patrons. Yes. Our many Patreon patrons. Yeah, you can, you can uh, join. Just you can what become the deal one. is. Instead, of, instead of just posting uh, uh, inflammatory Star Wars opinions. <laughs> yeah, you know, for the record, I love Star Wars, but <laughs> I also love to shit on it. And, yep. He he loves it so much that that he, he's overcome with emotion and has to lash out. You know, it's like, look what you made me do. I love you so much. Um, <laughs> Sounds kind of fucked up when you put it that way. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, just how it comes off. Sounds sounds like I'm in an abusive relationship <laughs> with Star Wars, and <laughs> that can't how, be right. That's just how it that comes can't off. be right. You know, so I don't know. You know, it can't be that. Um. Anyways, go to patreon.com slash chapter jumps. Get it on get it on the action because we're having a lot of fun over there with everybody. <laughs> we want you to join too so you don't feel left out. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chapter jumps. You can email us at chapterjumpspod at gmail.com. Um, but most importantly, until next time. Thank you for listening to our bullshit. Yeah. yeah.